This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Football Wednesday, I guess we would call it, as the Pittsburgh Steelers get ready to kick off here against the Baltimore Ravens at about 3.40, it's looking like, uh, on NBC. So, I apologize, I'm going to be a little distracted today, but I got Benny Snell going in fantasy, and let's be honest, some things, uh, it's all about priorities uh, in terms of fantasy football. You know where I stand on that. Here's the crazy thing, though. And I don't want to be one of those guys, right? I don't want to be one of those quote-unquote football bros. But I have a complaint. Now, the whole reason why this game's going down at 340 today is because NBC, and keep in mind, this is a Steelers-Ravens game, all right? There's a lot on the line here. I get it. Lamar Jackson's not playing. RG3's playing now. Mark Ingram's out. Uh, Dobbins is out. Um, you know, Clayus Campbell's out. Like, the, the, the Ravens right now are struggling to field the team, and I get that. But it's still the 6-4 and four Ravens taking on the 10-0 and Steelers, right? And, and they're obviously divisional rivals with a lot to play for. So this is still a very intriguing game. And the fact that NBC took it upon themselves to move this game to 340 because of the Rockefeller Christmas lighting ceremony taking place tonight starting at 8, I'm not going to lie, it baffles me a little bit. Because the way I've been raised, the way I've been preconditioned, it's that football rules everything. Now, if this was the Denver Broncos taking on the Chargers, I get it. But this is a big game right now. Like, Coos, how many times have you watched the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting special? Never. Never? No. Not one time. I didn't know they did that. And same here. Now, I get it. It's a big tree. Fantastic. Well, not but this I'll year. see picture. Is it? Is it it's small? pretty rough. It's, it's very, uh, it's, it's in times with, you know, COVID oh, in the pandemic. Watch the, then just watch the viewership roll in. Now, <laughs> listen, no disrespect to Kelly Clarkson. No disrespect to Dolly Parton, Gwen Stefani, whoever else is performing tonight. Pentatonics, who, by the way, take a break. This is their Pentatonics. moment. No, this We're is their time the, to shine. I just watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with my son. It was a two-hour Pentatonics uh, this is, concert. They, they hibernate for the rest of the year. This is their moment. I'm just saying, <laughs> take a break. So with that being said, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be cool. I just can't believe that beat out the Ravens-Steelers game. I wonder how those discussions took place. I, mm. You know what? I bet they didn't. First of all, you have to do it in the dark, right? Yeah. I, I mean, so, yeah, you got to light a Christmas tree, of yeah. course. Yeah. So it's like 8 to 10. Yeah. And interestingly enough, this game's at 340. So I don't know what's between at 7 to 8. I, I don't know what's yeah. taking the precedence there. But I just think, you know why I think they kept it this way? is because they didn't know for sure if the game was going to take place. And sure. so you can't bump the tree lighting out. Sure you can. And then put yeah, it back can. in. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Megan Trainer's going to be there as well. I just saw. Well, then, hey, All about that base. For, forget it. We got Megan Trainer. We got Mariah Carey, the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh. Woo. That's a barn uh, burner. Right pentatonics, by the way. I mean, the family loves pentatonics. Yeah. Tell pentatonics to calm down a it little bit. It is pretty cool what they do. Uh, it's they're, fine. they're talented. But you're no, they're right, good, dudes. but they're like, everywhere. You know, they're, they're just Christmas time. For me. Yeah, right. Christmas and Thanksgiving, that's when they and come around. It. All right. Uh, well, how many times did you get punched in the face at sparring or something? You, you look a little different. My eye? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So no, this, I noticed this yesterday. This this happened like two days ago. What happened? Um, I got, I got, we were grappling and I took a, like a, 
a forehead to my eye socket. Dude, I mean, what is going on lately What's here? What's up, man? I mean, hey, we got guys with fights coming up. We got I've guys. Seen, I've seen you got you yeah. fight and yeah. look better coming off I know, a fight man. than you have the last so, couple weeks. So we got a bunch of 205ers and a bunch of heavyweights training for fights coming up here at the end of the month in December in Tallahassee and Jacksonville, so I'm getting them ready. And uh, needless to say, they're getting me ready as well, as you can tell by my face sometimes. I, I didn't know if it was the, the like Johnny Cash look yesterday all in black with the oh, jean no, jacket no. Or, or something. I was like, something's up when with the face. I'm going to be honest. My eyes felt a lot better in my life really? than it does right now. It does yeah. look like it hurts a little bit. It's, it's all right. Like it's I'll not like glaring. It just looks like... Well, the, the main damage is behind my eyebrow. I got you. So thankfully, I have some big bushy eyebrows to cover that damage up. I like the kids and Steph once said, why does he do this? Yep. Yeah, why I, does he do I this? I hear you. And as I've been told many times, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. <laughs> I'm dumb and not tough. I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, that is bad, I guess. Uh, hey, we got some GM ideas because that's what we do. Yeah. There was somebody that wrote uh, today. I think I saw it was a fan side and I shared it with you guys. I think yeah. it's fansided.com. I'm not too familiar with them, but mm-hmm. and the article was interesting about like potential candidates and, and a lot of the similar names. I mean, the, we'll, we'll have a discussion about that in a bit because I do think the names are interesting. There's a couple that do intrigue. Like I get a little more excited about some than others, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm, I'm not going to sit here and handicap the race because I think we sometimes pretend to know what a GM is. Now, we, what, what makes a good GM, I can tell you in hindsight, but I just don't know in foresight, like this guy's going to be really good or not. I, I think we're kidding ourselves if we know that. Uh, we know candidates. That's fair enough. But mm-hmm. um now, listen, I can play golf. It doesn't mean I'm good. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of that in the GM spot, I, I think. But uh, this article said that uh, – well, it basically said it, that Dave Caldwell kind of put a – said, hey, why shot Khan? Why did you do this now? Mm-hmm. You know, why did you fire Dave Caldwell now? It's like, well, I'll tell you that. The fan race ain't saying that. Mm-hmm. Fan base didn't say you fired Dave Caldwell too early. Oh, no. They said we'll see you later. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, what, to what took so long is exactly. what they would say. Um, I, and I think the answer here is simple. Like, I don't know this, but I believe I think once they hit a single season record for losses in a row, mm-hmm. I think Shad Khan said, you know what? Now it's time to make a move like you've hit a new low in franchise history. And this is on somebody and mm-hmm. I'm blaming somebody. And. It's your time to go. I don't think he was waiting for 1-15, in 15, even though Doug Marone's name could be attached to it and everything else. I think he just – I think that meant something. I think it signified that losing 10 in a row, which kind of went a little bit under the radar just because we're so used to the Jags losing right now. Mm-hmm. But they've lost 10 in a row. They've lost 13 in a row combined over two seasons. That's like their the longest streak. But 10 in a row in a single season is a, a record. It's a new low for a Jaguars franchise that has plenty of lows. And so I think he took that and said, you know what? It's time. But doesn't it kind of surprise you, though, that Doug Marone's going to have his job for the entire season? Because like you just said, this is a monumental season for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the worst possible way. Yeah. Right? They're, they're on pace to have the worst record in franchise history. And they very well could. And we've seen in the past with Jack Del Rio, we've seen in the past with other guys where if the seasons are that bad, they're getting fired. Right? Yeah. They're not, not going to make it through this season. So are you a little surprised? Like, I get it. Dave Caldwell gets let go. But are you shocked that Doug Marone has retained his job for the entire year, even though it's probably going to be the worst season in Jaguars history? I'm not shocked, and it's threefold, and I'll continue to repeat 
beat this one. I just don't think he feels like a change midseason helps anything in terms of helps you get to a certain place. And right now, I think Shad's smart enough to know he's not trying to look for an in-season bump. He doesn't care if they're one and fifteen or two and fourteen or three and thirteen. In fact, he does care. He mm-hmm. doesn't want them to be three and thirteen. Two and fourteen is one thing, but one and fifteen or two and fourteen is acceptable right now because that's the long picture of this. It, it's it doesn't mean the owner wants him to lose. It means the owner sees what we all see too. And so I believe is like, listen, they're playing hard. They don't have a lot. Of, they're undermanned. There are issues here so much so that even when they coach well and play well, they still lose. I'm not going to go give us a one game bump. Uh, I, I just don't see the smarts in that. And I know that sounds like, hey, the owner's rooting for you. To lose. No, I just think it's kind of the big picture thing is like, why make a move with the coaching staff now? And I'll add one more thing. And I do believe this is part of it. I think COVID-19, especially right now, I mean, look what we're seeing with a game today Mm -hmm. and all the things to wrestle with. I mean, Doug Marone, I think, has handled that stuff pretty well. I I don't know. Internally, I'm not sure how he's done versus Baltimore or versus Tennessee. But the Jags haven't had major issues, and they've adapted well, and they've seemingly been ready to play. And I think that's part of it right now. Now, that's not going to save your job, but – because we did wonder that. I don't think that's saving anybody's job. You know, we wondered excuse. that at the outset. It's not going to be an excuse. But I do think right now it's like, well, why put somebody else in a position where then you could kind of mess some of the protocols up, make a misstep here or there, and then become even more of a laughing stock of the league or an embarrassment if you screw something up? Mm. I, I do think that might factor into it. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think you add up all those things, and it's like – yeah, he's not making a move. Like, he's just not going to pull the trigger on Doug Marone. But I do think that add some – sure, did the Lions play a role here? Maybe. Maybe. But, again, you can't talk to GMs until, like, week 17, I think it is. You can't talk to candidates. So is it really that much of a head start? You could have done that with Dave Caldwell still in the building. Yeah. You know, whatever head start you're going to get. I really believe and, – and, again, I don't know if ShotCon would ever even share this. But I believe there's some significance to him having the record of 10 straight – losses in a single season and somebody's going to pay for that and we blame somebody on sunday afternoon and again i've, I've shared with this before i what i don't know i know they met saturday and had a very cordial dinner or meeting or whatever mm-hmm. and they've called one new saturday night that he was done what i don't know for sure is if, if they won the game would he have stayed for another week? Yeah. I think he would have been done either way. So that indicates more maybe that it wasn't the losing streak and maybe it's more the head start. We want the timing. So we want everybody to know this job's going to be open. And so maybe it doesn't indicate the losing streak like I'm saying. I just feel like, listen, Shad knew that going into that game, they were underdogs at home and probably going to lose. And it was going to be 10 in a row. Mm-hmm. Add that up with the Detroit opening uh, that happened on top of the other two openings. This was the time to do it. Again, we're guessing but that's why I think they made the move. And I don't. And also, one more thing to answer my original question, which uh, this this uh, fellow in the fansided.com article said mm-hmm. that he thought it was bad of the organization to do. I don't. I, I don't. I didn't see. There wasn't anything that getting fired five weeks to go with the season, Dave Caldwell, but not Doug Marone. I didn't look at that in bad taste. Like, I, I didn't think the organization did Caldwell wrong. They gave him plenty of time, man. Mm-hmm. And I could tell, I mean, I talked to Caldwell over the weekend. He didn't take it that way, um, at least in conversation with me. If the past three games here, because let's be honest, the past three games, the Jaguars have been somewhat competitive, right? There's been chances in the past three games for the Jaguars to win those games. Let's say that the past three games were all blowouts, embarrassing losses, 
not even competitive games. Do you think it would have been different from Shad Khan's perspective of who he let go in terms of Doug Marone over Dave Caldwell? Like, do you think these last three games and the way these games have went down had anything to do with Doug Marone maintaining his job? Not really, but I'll give you a little bit of it. I think the fact, again, I do think the fact that they are noticeably playing hard, like not laying down. I think you watch the Dallas Cowboys at times. I think you watch uh, Chicago at times. I think you watch, I mean, look what Chicago's embarrassing right now. They have guys on Twitter <laughs> saying this is embarrassing. I mean, they're yeah. outspoken about it. I think, well, I don't know about the Philly situation. I think they're playing hard in Philly. They're just not. So, I think it's noticeable that this young football team is playing hard. And and I think you have to think about the players, too. It's a young football team that's already going through a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much scar tissue are you going to add to them? You know, you take the GM out of it, it doesn't mean anything to the players. Yeah. You take the coach out of it, it does mean something to the players. So I, I, I do think that their efforts in the close nature of the games – probably helped Doug a little bit. But again, I'm going to go back to, I think the protocol, the COVID world that we're living in might have had a little something to do with it, maybe the same amount. But I think really, if I'm going to put a percentage on it, I'd say 65% of this decision is he doesn't believe in it. He does not believe in changing coaches in the middle of the season. He hasn't done it. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do it with Malarkey. He didn't do it with Gus. And he didn't. he's not doing it with Marone. And yeah. so I think he set the track record to say, hey, maybe if there's two games left in the season, maybe – but I don't want to do it in the middle of the season. I don't believe in it. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the main reason why I didn't make a change with Doug. The more I start seeing the decisions around this franchise and what's transpiring and kind of some of the moves that have been met, I agree with you when I think that Shad Khan knows what's at stake right now in terms of getting the top pick or the second pick. Right? You because can't be blind to it. No, you can't be blind to it. And, and but You know how I feel about it, right? Now, I get the other side for sure. And I get the other side of the fans that want this team to tank. I, I get the other side where the fans want to get Justin Fields or even better. It could be Trevor Lawrence if they get the, the first pick. But obviously the Jets probably have other ideas with that. But, like, I just asked you the question. Did these last three games have anything to do with Doug Marone maintaining his job? And may, I mean, you make arguments and say yes or no. At the end of the day, Doug Marone's still here, and he's still probably going to coach these guys and try to make them competitive. But then when you make roster moves like, all right, well, Gardner Minshew's back healthy. But now we have Mike Glennon being the starting quarterback. That tells me right there that, well, is winning really a priority? Like, is is winning really on the realm of, all right, well, this can help you keep your job or you have my attention with how hard you're playing? Because to me, it doesn't. Because to me, you can sit here and break down the stats this year and say, well, Mike Glennon, you know, I mean, he had one really good game and Mitch has been struggling. That's fine. But then I can also sit here and say, going forward, who's going to be the quarterback here in Jacksonville? If it's Mike Glennon, then we got some serious problems at the backup quarterback position. It's going to be Garner Minshew. Here's my read on Doug Marone, okay? And I think it's a very fair question. It's something that I've talked about for the last month. Uh, Again, we had this whole Luton situation, too. And I just don't understand that starting – if you think your best chance to win is starting Luton, I don't get it. If you think keeping Luton in the second half against the Pittsburgh Steelers down two touchdowns is your best chance to win, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're trying to win in these spots. I I don't think those are are actions that show me that you're trying to win. I do think you have a better chance to win with guard. Minshew as the quarterback of this football team. He has more wins than any of these other cats yeah. do over the last couple of years in a Jags uniform. I I make the one exception with Glennon here. And I said this immediately after on the postgame show last week, and I said it all week so far, 
I'm going to remain consistent. I don't get all the stuff going on around Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. I picked the, the them to beat the Browns last week because I thought Minshew was going to play on Sunday early in the week. And, and obviously that didn't transpire. And, and, you know, we knew midweek it wasn't transpiring, but I kept my pick anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I believe Minshew gives you the best chance to win. I believe Minshew should be playing most of the time. I believe in this instance, Glennon did such a nice job coming in there and playing. I think he earned the opportunity to play again against Minnesota. Hmm. I really do. Like I like it would. And by the way, I would say the same thing about Luton, like Luton against Houston. I would say he earned the opera. I still think Glennon gave you the best chance to win against Green Bay. But I think but we Luton, know what we had with Luton, though, but we didn't know what we had at the time with Luton. No, but Luton played against Houston, had 300 yeah. yards, had a nice game. Yeah. And you know what I said? He's earned the opportunity yeah. to play again. Yeah. He really has. Like, I, I would say that again, even though I would sit here and tell you the same thing, where I think Minshew or Glennon give you a better chance to win. And so here's my take on, on Doug. And Doug's tough to figure out sometimes. But... I believe what we saw happen last year with Tom Coughlin in the building midway through and this separation from Tom because of his issue with players and really more the players' issue with him, meaning Tom, I think we saw this huge separation between Marone and Coughlin in the building. So much so that Marone would, on the podium, say, ask the guy down the hallway, if you mm-hmm. remember. So at that moment, and Doug may have always been like this in fairness to Doug, but I didn't sense it as much as I sensed it then. Doug did this separation from Tom to say, hey, I've been a player before. I respect the heck out of you guys. I I believe in you guys. There's a loyalty I have to the player. So much so that we started asking, is Doug a player's coach now? Yeah. Right? We never we never think that. We never said that in 2017. Is Doug a player's coach? Well, you know what? He's Either he always had been or he's morphed into one. And so I believe more bigger than his job right now. Saving his ass, if you will, mm-hmm. is the loyalty to the player. And so I think it matters to him. And that's why I criticized him so much last week for keeping Luton in the game against the Steelers. Because all those guys busting their butt for you, that didn't give them a chance to win. I think that's why Glennon's playing, though. I think Glennon is in his eyes to a player. Like, if you go out and you play a game, right? Yeah. Austin Lane, defensive end, and you have a three-sack game. Yeah. And you're... You don't get to play many snaps the next week. That kind of ticks you off and sends a message to the rest of the team. It does, but it depends who I'm replacing, though, Brent. Like, if I'm replacing, like, oh, Josh Allen, okay. well, it's like, well, then Josh, you earned, I mean, you know, even if he's having a bad season, like, he's still earned his stripes. Fair enough, but what if you're replacing DeWan Smoot? Well, then, yeah, then that's up for debate, obviously. Okay, well, be honest with you. Gardner Minshew's more DeWan Smoot than he is Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, he's more Dwan Smoot. Yeah. You know, yeah. so my point is, and, and and let's, there's something else going on here with Minshew to begin with. Listen, right? we know, maybe we've there's, said yeah, that. maybe there's inner rumblings. That. Maybe there's, there's a yeah, doghouse. He's in the doghouse. Sure. There's, there's no doubt he's in the doghouse. Exactly. So my point is to Mike Glenn, I think there's a loyalty from Doug right now to the players in the locker room. And I think that's first and foremost to him in his mind. And I believe because of the doghouse nature of the Minshew stuff and the way Glennon played, mm-hmm. I think that's why he made the move to stick with Glennon this week because of his loyalty to the player. Said, hey, you know, we needed you. We asked you to play and you you did a great job. You did yeah. a really good job. I think you've earned the opportunity to play again. I think we're seeing Doug be loyal to the locker room more than loyal to his own job, more than loyal to the owner, more than loyal to anybody else. I feel like he's being loyal to the locker room. And that dates back, in my opinion, all the way to the middle of last year. Listen, 
But if I'm Doug Marone, and, and I get the whole loyalty thing, I get, you know, letting go of the guys that aren't quote-unquote buying in and having your guys in that locker room, that's fine. But if I'm Doug Marone right now in Jacksonville, I feel like I'm on my swan song. Right? Like, this Absolutely. Is, the, the, this is the last goal for me here in this city. So to me, winning should be the top priority. Okay, now when management lets go of Dave Caldwell, that shows me that you're planning for the future. When you have constant kicking problems and you bring in a guy who's never kicked it before before a couple weeks ago in the NFL, that shows me that you're kind of planning for the future. You're not really concerned about winning right now. So that's fine. But then if you're Doug Marone and you get in there on your microphone and you tell me we're going to win games, we think Mike Glenn gives us the best chance to win. I'm going to sit here and say absolutely not because I can show you the numbers. I can show you the analytics. Uh, I can show you past history if I really have to. And I can show that Gardner Minshew gives you the best chance to win over Mike Glennon. And then I can also say in the future, if you were to trade away Gardner Minshew, could you do it? Maybe. You might get a fifth-round pick from him. You might get a fourth-round pick from him. There could be a desperate team out there. I mean, if you're giving up a fifth-round pick for Joshua Dobbs, I think Minshew could at least not a fifth-round pick or a fourth-round pick. Is anybody going to trade for Mike Glennon? Absolutely not. And do you know why? Because there's no demand for Mike Glennon. There's no intrigue for Mike Glennon. We know what Mike Glennon is right now. Now, we have a pretty good idea of what Gardner Minshew is going forward, but I still think he's the better quarterback. So to me, if you truly are planning for the present, then put Minshew in because I feel like he's the better quarterback. If you're planning for the future, well, you expect Minshew to be the backup quarterback going forward, then why not play him? Why not get him more reps? Because he's going to be here next year for sure, unless you trade him away. Mike Glennon, probably not. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I think it's a valid argument if you want Minshew in. I've made the argument for the last few weeks. Yeah. I think there is something else going on. I don't know specifics. I, I I'm, This is a feel thing. This doesn't add up. We've been saying this for six weeks. Can't wait to see the book on this <laughs> chapter of it. Yeah. Because I also think Doug's got a Bronx pissiness in him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, you guys screw me over. Or screw this team over. You're in the doghouse, man. Yeah. And by the way, and that's not, what it is. And it's unfair to say that is specifically Gardner, but it could definitely have been his agent. And his agent for putting that out there and saying he's been playing hurt, or if it was Gardner who hid the injury, yeah. whatever it was, something went awry in there. And now we're seeing a guy that played through something significant for three weeks, but hasn't been able to get on the field now in the last six weeks. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think Doug Marone has lost trust in Gardner Minshew. Maybe. That's you a know? trust thing. Again, I, I think, and I'm, I'm not saying just Doug would have lost the trust in it. It yeah. might be Jay Gruden. It could they, be his teammates. They have been McAdoo, Jay Gruden. These got all former head coaches. And they might all be like, screw that, man. Mm-hmm. No, we're going with Glennon. You know, I mean, they might be all but on board. I get that, man. But the problem is, is that those guys might not be here next year. I get it. We can expect Minshew to be here next year in some sort of capacity. Yeah. So play him then. Yeah, but the owner might not be saying, hey, guys, play Minshew. You know why? Because we're one in, we're on track yeah, to be the number yeah. two overall pick. <laughs> I got that, too. <laughs> you yeah, know no, what I mean? I hear you there. There's yeah. a lot going on here that can be interpreted that way, whether you like it or not. And I'm not trying to make accusations. I'm just saying this open for interpretation in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. No doubt. The way this thing has unfolded is open for interpretation. Mm-hmm. All right, more to come. On the GM, I got a couple names for you. Like them or not, plus uh, we got a football game in like 15 minutes. It's next on ESPN 690. 
Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? Do you you want $100,000, extra $100,000? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go. Politics (laughs) when we get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I mean, being in there, it doesn't, it's not as bad as it seems or it looks. I mean, uh, when you got the line and you're pushing forward, it makes it kind of easier on your body. That is James Robinson. Not much of a talker. We have him actually, well, I should say we, Jaguars had him mic'd up for uh, Jags Wired coming up tonight, 7.30 on Fox 30. Speaking of mic'd up, you get that laptop mic'd up right now. I do. And... It's funny because James Robbins, during the mic'd up segment, he says a few things, but yeah. he also is like, you hear a lot of like crashing of <laughs> pads and it's yeah. like, it's just like 15 seconds of that. But just silence though. From, yeah. From him, nothing. Yeah. Like, it's just amazing how I love the mic'd up stuff from a running back, especially because you hear the violence, mm-hmm. you know, of the popping of pads and everything like that. Oh yeah. And then you hear some other guys sometimes, but it's like the coaches that are talking to him. He just does not say much. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Robinson just does not say much. And uh, they actually address it like later on. So it's a good watch anyway, <laughs> um, because it's kind of funny to see it that way. Like usually you get a mic'd up guy, you get this guy that's really a chatterbox and is, is hilarious and fun. It's a less than that, but it also gives off this effect of, man, this guy is just such a humble, put your hard hat on yeah. guy. And it really punches it home with a mic'd up. It's it's a fascinating watch. You can see it tonight at 7.30 on Fox 30. Are you kind of surprised that running backs, and for, for the most part, I'm kind of putting them in a, in, a, in, a, in a box right now, but most running backs like aren't crazy or like boisterous or like, you know, prima donnas? Because that's a grueling position. Like that's a, like, that's a position that you got to be a little sick in the head to play. I'm like, oh, listen, yeah. I, I think defensive line's crazy. I think running back's even more crazy. Yeah, I guess, but... If, to me, a lot of the running backs are built like linebackers in that sense, right? Yeah. Be- and they yeah. both have those kind of collision type of posi- – it's that position yeah. where you get in contact all the time. So um, maybe you talk less because you know you could get lit up on every play. I guess so. You know? yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Sure. I don't know. Uh, let's go to the line. Stevens, I uh, got a call real quick. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's up, man? Hey, not too much, guys. Uh, I have a scenario for you guys, and I guess uh, take it as if you guys were the GMs. Yeah, that would be a smart uh, move around here. Co-GMs. Uh, Brent, let's go. Yeah. I'm running <laughs> the right. show. Yeah, we'll see about that. Can, uh, like, uh, what kind of uh, players or players from our team now would you consider re-signing? Like Keelan Cole, Dewan Smoot actually had a decent year for given the circumstances with the defense. And what position – in free agency, do you think the uh, if you guys were GM, you'd have to look at or attack first? Because if whenever we get a new defense coordinator run the three four, like uh, Austin wants, we'd st- we'd have to beef up that line with young but veteran talent. I mean, because you got guys, uh, two guys I like from uh, the Giants, uh, Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, Roy Roberts Harris from uh, Chicago. Uh, Solomon Thomas is on a contract year. And some of these teams, they're low in cap space. They might not be able to resign some of their good talent. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams that don't have the cap space to Jags. There's going to be a lot of guys, you know, that are available. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. But, uh, 
okay, we're the GMs. Let's you, take this. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, but we're also co-GMs, so we're, we're not going to agree on this. You can go first, and I'll follow you up here. Let me take care of the easier part, in my opinion, and that is I think the the easy play here is to add free agents on offense at wide receiver or tight end or running back, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're not going to do it all because you can do some in the draft. But I don't trust draft picks to deliver immediately. So if I want instant gratification, I'm going to probably look at maybe one of these wide receivers. If if it doesn't cost me too much, maybe there is something with a tight end out there that you can add to it. And then a complimentary running back, although the draft is probably the way to go with the running back. Uh, And then defensively, I think you're talking about the interior. I think you could mention a guy like Bud Dupree, who's a free agent, 3-4 guy, and if you're willing to go there, which you should be, since you have Josh Allen and now Caleb on chase on, you probably should go all in on the 3-4. Then Bud Dupree might make some sense as well, uh, coming off three really good years for the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though he had subpar first three years in the league. You're set at linebacker, and you have to add a corner. So those are five positions that I'm looking at. Now, what's out there? What is cost effective. I'm not going to sit there and spend my $90 million under the cap in one year. The Jags aren't going to the Super Bowl next year, even if they get Justin Fields. But I want to put more around him, and I certainly have to fix this defense via the draft and free agency. So those are my target areas. If I could fill three of those spots in free agency, I'd feel pretty good. Fired. You're, you're, you're absolutely fired. We'll see you later. <laughs> no, no, it's not bad. Um, we're, we're kind of on the same page here. Where I agree with you that you can't fix everything in the draft, especially right away. And if if I'm a GM, I want to make a splash. I want to make a statement. I want to say it was this bad last year. Check out what we're doing this year. So with that being said, my main focus in free agency is the three technique or is the interior defensive line, depending on what kind you know what type of type of coaches we had. Now you know how I operate. I want to run a three four. So if that's the case, the the, the guys from uh, from the Giants. I'm intrigued. I also take a look at a guy by the name of Mike Daniels, who um, I think he's 32 years old right now, has had a, co- you know, a, a couple injury years, but when he's on, he's on, playing Cincinnati right now. Him, him and Geno Atkins are that one-two punch, but Mike Daniels has um, played kind of like that 3-4 defensive tackle in the past. So I try to go after him as well. That's the number one priority. Is if I'm going to go three four, we got to get our interior guys squared away. Just because, once again, you have Josh Allen, you have Chase on. Now I get it; people are are kind of cold right now on Caleb on Chase on. But let's see what the kids got from a natural position. Let's see what the kids got from a position that he played in college, and then let's evaluate him from there. Right? Maybe he's not going to be the guy. Maybe he will. But let's at least find out. I get what you're saying about Bud Dupree, but once again, and listen. I'm the new GM, so I didn't draft Chase on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not tied to him. No. It's not my pick. I don't care if he's a first-round pick or not. But you know how I feel about him. I feel like he's got a great first step. I feel like he's got tools to be successful. So I feel like if I bring in Bud Dupree, well, then Chase on's got to be the odd man out. And now we're talking about a guy who's a former first-round pick getting, you know, sparing reps here, there, there. Now, I get it. You can never have too many pass rushers, but I don't think this team – deserves the luxury yet of just adding pieces here and there for their pass rushing. Like they have a lot more holes to fill, let's just say, like the wide receiver position. So that's how I want to attack it in free agency. Yeah, I'd also say this. From a re-signing standpoint, there's not a lot here that the Jaguars have to blockbuster go sign to, you know. But I think 
Keelan Cole on a moderate two-year, two-year, seven, eight million dollar deal makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, very much like a Chris Conley kind of deal, and which I even made it richer than the Chris Conley deal. But I would give him that to keep him around and uh, see if he can get what you've gotten. But listen, if Keelan Cole walks, it's not the end of the world either, in my opinion. Um, I think DeJuan Smoot has earned himself a spot in the rotation. I like DeJuan Smoot. I love his energy. I, I love his motor. And he's put he's had some decent results. Like he's if you want to go eight deep on the line, he's a good eight deep guy, I think. No, uh, so you're I like, not wrong. I like Smoot. But see the the problem with Smoot though is is obviously you don't put him outside linebacker. So you'd have to put him at three four defensive end if you choose to go a three four. Yeah. And if that's the case, then he's got to put on some weight. True. Simple as that. Yeah, so he might not be the fit if you were gonna go there. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um uh, but outside of that, man, I mean, do they even have what I think's gonna be interesting, Norwell's had a really good year. Mm. I thought Norwell would clearly be gone. I'm not sure about that anymore. Like somebody told me recently, playing like at a again at the all pro kind of level. Mm. I yeah. don't know. I don't know that. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it enough to know it. But you know, you got plenty of money. You don't need to cut that guy. You don't need to make yourself another hole. And by the way, I think in this whole conversation, as of now, I'm re-signing Cam Robinson. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not creating another hole. So I would keep my left side of the line. That, by the way, is leading the way for the third leading rusher in the NFL. No, the offensive line. I'm definitely trying to keep together. Um, you know, maybe going forward, right guard could be a possibility of switching some things around. Uh, you know, Juwan Taylor, for the most part, um, I think he's really kind of even keeled and maybe even regressed a little bit from last year. You know, he's had some yeah. problems, but he's so that makes around, me nervous. So. But he's sticking around for sure. So if I'm talking about re-signing guys, yeah, I mean, I think the left side of offensive line for sure, and then also Keelan Cole. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what the Jaguars do in that sense. They don't have a ton of break-the-bank guys. And I, I only think they'll end up getting, like, yeah, maybe two, you know, two uh, big-time free agents, yeah. even with all their dollars. You know, I think that's what they can afford. So, And and also, too, I mean, listen, I'm not naive. Like, Listen, if I'm a GM, I know, like, tight end is definitely a priority because we really essentially have nothing. Yeah, it's I like, mean, who do you get? Yep. You have Tyler, Tyler Eifert. But listen, like, I see Hunter Henry here. I see Rob Gronkowski. I see Jared Cook. Uh, Greg Olson, Vance McDonald. I'll be honest with you. None of those guys really do much for me. Now, obviously, Hunter Henry is intriguing, but he's going to come with a, with a very, very high price tag, probably even more than maybe like Austin Hooper you got last year or this past year for the Cleveland Browns. So if I'm the GM, priority is to draft a tight end in the draft. And that and literally the only guy that I would be intrigued by, especially in the first round, is obviously Kyle Pitts. All right. Uh, back to the, the Minshew and Glennon stuff uh, oh, for right now. Well, well, hey, and last thing, too, as a GM. Remember who the guy that I said they should go after last year was? My number one guy that they should sign and bring on this team? You probably don't remember him because he's not really a household name. But, like, remember, like, what we kind of. I thought, of, like, I thought we, it was a linebacker. It was a linebacker. Good call. Buffalo? Yeah. Um, AJ Klein. Klein. He's having a pretty good year. Is he? Because he. You know, it's interesting you say that because I remember watching a game. They're like, well, he's been not so. This was earlier in the year. Sure. And I think he got off to a slow start there, he is did. my point, because. I remember them saying, "Yeah, I hadn't really done that much, but this is a good like it was a good play." It was yeah, like yeah. finally Buffalo fans will be happy it was a good play. It was like that, that kind of context. Yeah. So he must have been coming on late because well, we're not late, but in the middle of the year. Yeah, I early, mean, early start wasn't so good. All I know is that he has he had two sacks against Russell Wilson. He's got five sacks total, two forced fumbles, and forty six tackles total. So yeah, I mean, and, and listen, he's a linebacker, right? So take 
I mean, you take some of those stats out of it. I'm just saying, from what I see on Bill in the past couple games, because I've watched some Bill's footage, he's playing very, very well right now. All right, well, that's a good sign for him. Well, uh, for, yeah, for, congratulations to the Buffalo Bills. Hey, uh, the so maybe you're right. You're just That was just like a feather in your cap as GM. Is yeah, that's, a, that's what I was trying to say. It's just out of the resume a little bit. Um, and I can't remember who your guy was. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, hey, uh, Glennon Minshew. Uh, I think it was First Coast Bubbler that just said, he just said, uh, Glennon is better and anyone with eyes can see that. Oh, yeah? Really? Cool. Come on now. Mm. Like, there's no doubt, right? Glennon six is... And, six and 17. I mean, Minshew definitely gives you a better chance to win. In 30... Uh, listen, and I mean, what do you want me to... In okay, he's six and seventeen in those games. Thirty-eight touchdown passes. Gardner Minshew, seven and twelve in those games. Thirty-four touchdown passes. So unless touchdown passes aren't that important anymore, um, yeah, I guess Glennon's better. And everybody knows it. What? Well, do you want me to entertain it or not? Like, no, that's that's not correct. See, so the, again, like, and so to the point, I, I'm I'm okay with Doug saying Glennon's a guy this week. But I just do wonder what they're talking about inside the locker room. So, okay, like, so, I, I just wonder, like, if you're in that locker room right now and you're in a defensive ends meeting that's virtual probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, or you're in a text chain with with your defensive line. It's like, wow, man, they went with Glennon or well, what's up with Mitch? Are, are people in the locker room being like, what's up with Minshew? Like, why is he getting back in there? Mm-hmm. Well, listen, if everyone knows he's the better quarterback in Mike Glennon, then I guess we could expect Gardner Minshew to get cut next year, and then Glennon's going to be the backup quarterback, right? Because he is the better guy. Everybody knows it. Simple as that. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what's going to happen, right? No. Oh, okay. I thought he was the better quarterback. Everybody knows it. So what, what are we talking about? I know, but you're not answering the question. Are they the question? talking about it in the locker room? <laughs> I just get so flustered. Uh, yeah, but they have to be. I think they're talking about like, a locker room. I don't think they're, like, hating on Glennon. I think they're probably but, like, what's up with the Minshew stuff? Well, like, do you think they're, they're asking that question? Yeah, because like, those players in the locker room, they don't care about the draft picks. They want to win games. Yeah. It's embarrassing to be 1-10 in 10 right now. So you better believe the most important position on the field between Mike Glennon and Gardner Minshew, there are conversations right now in the locker room happening with, like, hey, what's going on right now? Because we just want to win. We don't care about the tanking. We don't care about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. We just want to win football games. All right. Uh, Steven threw us way off course and made us into GMs, which yeah. is problematic. Uh, thanks for all the it heads up natural. for the advice. It felt natural, though. Um, now we actually talk about GMs. Like, I got a couple names. Do you like them or not? That's next okay. on ESPN 690. Uh, yeah, they're always programmed. We tried to anyway. We just had, uh, you know, some young people in there. You know, Ben, uh, unfortunately, uh, got a little bit dinged up last week. Tyler has been a little bit dinged up. James has been a little bit dinged up. So uh, that hasn't been quite the matchup that we have uh, been able to work uh, that we would typically like to work. You know, I think uh, the more we get going, hopefully Eifert uh, starts to feel better. James starts to feel better with his knee. We can get them more involved in the game. But, yeah, you're right. That's something that we need to try to get more uh, into the game plan. Been saying that around here for a long time, Jay Gruden. So, talking about the tight ends. Someday they'll get that room figured out, maybe. His, his name's Kyle Pitts. And don't forget it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, that would be something. Uh, By the way, Gators uh, basketball team's so. playing right now. Is that, are they really? FSU basketball team plays tonight against UNF, UNF right here man. on ESPN 690. So you can hear the Ospreys and the Knowles. Is that a Tallahassee? Uh, 
It is in Tallahassee. Yeah. Uh, 8 o'clock tip, 7.30 coverage begins right here on ESPN 690. When you talk about Kyle Pitts, would you spend a top 10 pick on him? And I'm not saying, obviously, the Jaguars aren't going to go number two Kyle Pitts here. But I'm saying if you're a team that was picking number 10, Mm-mm. you wouldn't go Kyle Pitts. I have a hard time. Yeah. I have a hard time. Just because what history tells you? Or, or what are you basing this decision off? I don't know. You're you GM, know Brent, we're you GMs know right we now. We are GMs right now. You we're know GMs what? right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that back. Although, I don't feel like that position is like the running back position where I'd say like I can get a lot more. Although, history shows you can get tight ends in third, fifth round. But this guy's different. Correct. Now, this guy isn't your prototypical tight end. To me, I'd be, I classify him more as the way I'm going to use him as a receiver. And so now you're asking me, would I have picked Jerry Judy ninth overall last year? Yeah. Maybe I would have. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have sniffed at that if they had done it. Mm-hmm. That'd been fine. So, yeah, I, I guess I, if I think he's a good – if I think he's as good as we think he is, and he's been, mm-hmm. and if I think he creates a matchup and he helps my young quarterback that I'm getting as well and makes me dynamic on offense, I got to say yeah. yeah. I got to say yeah. Golly, right. that was a fast That was quick, man. Well, we start talking GM stuff goes by like that. Well, that's the second time now I've teased GMs and haven't talked about them because we're asking ourselves <laughs> because GM we, questions. Yeah, because I can we, tell we're you, the GMs now. We are not going to be the GM. You don't know that. Speak for yourself, Brent. I've, I've been getting some phone calls. I, I, I've been getting some interesting emails. Per sources. Per sources. <laughs> Can I put that tweet out there? I've been getting some interesting text messages from some teams. Yeah. I really have been. Yeah, you have <laughs> been. I have been. That is a wild one. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, might have to talk about that. I don't know. That is interesting. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. I promise. Next segment. I'm going to give you two scenarios. We'll see. Do you like them or not? No, we'll, not we'll, we'll see. see. We're doing it. Next segment. We'll see what's up. <laughs>